You are listening to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers. You can learn more about me at livetoo110.com and check out my detox program, mineralpower.com. That's a program where I help you to get your life back by detoxing toxic metals and chemicals. And I give you freedom from fatigue and brain fog that I know so many of you are seeking to improve. And there's so many toxic metals and chemicals that interfere in your body's ability to produce energy, that interfere in your brain's ability to function properly. And I help you to discover what the underlying root causes of your health health issues and fatigue are and get rid of it, get to the bottom of it and take care of it so that you can enjoy your life. Today, we have a very special podcast. I have Miss Mickey Trescott and Angie Alt on the show to talk about the autoimmune protocol. A lot of you guys um, have autoimmune disease or could be diagnosed in the future. And they have written a new book that goes over all the different steps you should take if you have a diagnosis of autoimmune disease. And autoimmune disease is the fastest subset of uh, growing diseases in the planet. So uh, chances are that you or a loved one are affected by an autoimmune disease and they give you, you know, just outline uh, all the steps you need to take, including diet and lifestyle and stress reduction and what to do when you get a diagnosis. It's all laid out in their new book. And we're going to talk about that today on the podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition, and it's not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please keep in mind that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not attempt anything that we discussed today on the podcast without first consulting your healthcare practitioner. Our guests today are Mickey Trescott and Angela Altz. Mickey Trescott, NTP, nutritional therapy practitioner, prides herself in finding creative solutions to preparing, cooking, and succeeding on allergen-free diets. She's a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, best-selling author of the Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook, creator of the AIP Batch Cook, and founder of autoimmune-paleo.com, a website serving two million readers annually with recipes and resources. She lives in Willamette Valley, Oregon. And Angie Alt, she's an NTC and certified holistic health coach, is a certified nutritional therapy consultant, author of the Alternative Autoimmune Cookbook, and the creator of SAD to AIP in six, an online coaching program that has taught thousands of members how to transition their diets and lifestyle over a six-week period. Angie Alt is a uh, leads these group coaching practices as well as works one-on-one with a small number of highly motivated clients through TMP Consulting. She is award-winning author of the Alternative Autoimmune Cookbook, co-author of the Wellness Autoimmune Wellness Handbook, and you can visit their website at autoimmune-paleo.com. Hello. Thank you so much, guys, for joining the podcast. Thanks Thank for, you having so us. Much for having us. So why don't you guys tell me, um, you know, we're going to be talking about autoimmune disease. Why don't you tell me what your journeys with autoimmune disease were like? 
Yeah. So my journey with autoimmune disease, I think I shared a little bit with you last time I was on the podcast, Wendy, but uh, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and celiac disease at the age of 26. So, uh, you know, I'd been struggling for about a year with some random health symptoms. I had never really had any health symptoms until that point. I was very healthy. I was very active. Uh, And then that diagnosis, you know, it, it was kind of a long time coming. You know, I had suspected a thyroid problem. I had gone to many doctors. They all gave me the same story that I was healthy because, you know, my lab tests were normal. And, you know, the, the whole hypothyroid story that I think a lot of us are, are really used to, it's very frustrating reality. Um, but, you know, that sixth doctor was a naturopath. He was more open-minded. And he is the one who also had the foresight to test for celiac antibodies when I got that high Hashimoto's antibodies test. So I got both those diagnoses and, uh, and actually didn't feel better because he then said, your thyroid labs aren't good enough or aren't bad enough to treat. So <laughs> from that, you know, so I went all that way. I got the diagnosis that I knew in, in my heart, you know, when I found the description of Hashimoto's disease online, I had that sinking feeling like this is me. Um, and then I was also denied the treatment. So, uh, the three months following my diagnosis, I got really sick and I lost my job. I was bedridden. I was in a lot of pain. Um, I was having a lot of neurological symptoms and really what drove me to, uh, researching the connection between food and autoimmune disease and ultimately lifestyle and autoimmune disease was really that rock bottom, that low place, that wondering, am I going to be 26 years old and completely supported by my husband and my family and my community and unable to, uh, you know, be a normal human being again. And, uh, and it was a very long, slow road upward. Um, but you know, I got online, I started writing about my experience. It's how I met Angie. Um, she was one of the few people that I connected with that was actually, um, taking a chance and doing this, this, kind of fringe protocol, which at the time, there were only five other women that I could find on the internet. And let me tell you, I'm really good at the internet. So if there's anyone else out there, I would have known about them. Um, And so, you know, we started this little community. And, you know, some of them you guys might know, you know, like Dr. Sarah Ballantyne was one of them. And so we all really connected, we all shared our experiences. And ultimately, it led to a blog and a cookbook. And now, um, you know, this partnership that Angie and I have, and a new career and really helping people, mostly women, um, find wellness with their autoimmune disease and, and figuring out all of the diet and lifestyle pieces that they can really manage to live well with these conditions. And Angie, what was your story? It was really similar to Mickey's. You know, we share a celiac diagnosis. Um, the The difference for me is that um, I'm very, uh, represent the very typical uh, thing that happens to a lot of autoimmune folks in that it was a very, very long path to diagnosis. So um, my first symptoms uh, popped up after my daughter was born in my early 20s. And uh, eventually I was diagnosed with lichen sclerosis and endometriosis, but my primary autoimmune celiac disease, I continued to suffer with um, seeing doctor after doctor, getting progressively sicker and sicker. And I was finally diagnosed in my early thirties, 11 years later. Wow. Wow. Uh, So yeah, it was this very long process and uh, probably the the last three years uh, before finally being diagnosed, I was kind of at my sickest point and uh, we were living actually overseas in West Africa. My husband works in international development and 
that was a real combination for disaster because the medical care is very limited there, but the complications I was having from getting progressively sicker and sicker with undiagnosed celiac meant I ended up with three medical evacuations, which were extremely stressful. Wow. <laughs> um, but finally, you know, I came back home to the United States and I just in earnest started looking for doctors to try to help me. Um, and finally, I was referred to a GI doctor who recognized the symptoms and tested me and eventually diagnosed me with celiac. And um, I started uh, to work on the gluten-free diet, just a traditional gluten-free diet like they were telling me to do. And in the three months following my diagnosis, much like Mickey, I actually got sicker. My antibody numbers even went up, even though I was doing what they were telling me. And I just kind of recognized that the conventional system had offered me as much as it could at that point. And it was going to kind of be on me to figure out how to heal. And I started just doing all this research. And I came across uh, what at the time were the beginning threads of the autoimmune protocol being written about by Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And I said, oh, yeah, that's me. That protocol is for me. I better I better go for it. And I jumped in there. And um, some of the worst uh, symptoms I was experiencing in that at that point were anxiety and panic, just some real struggles with mental health by that point, because I was just so malnourished. Um, and within probably three days of starting the protocol that melted. I didn't have to take medication anymore. It was just gone. And I thought, oh, this works. And I just really went for it. And eventually uh, I met Mickey and uh, changed my whole life, including my career, to help other people learn about this and teamed up with her. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's so important because I'm just appalled when I hear story after story after story at people going to doctor after doctor after doctor and not getting diagnosed and not giving any uh, advice on diet or supplements or nutrition or alternative care. And, you know, maybe that's not the doctor's job. Their, their job is to do conventional medicine. Um, but it's just uh, really sad to me that the level of care that, that people get and how they're not really given really good options for addressing the underlying root cause of their health conditions. Can you talk about that? And, and, and you know, how autoimmune disease is viewed and, you know, treated undergoing a change? Yeah. So, you know, the thing about autoimmune disease is it often, uh, you know, the symptoms of early autoimmunity are really silent and they're, they're very nonspecific. So there are things like, you know, maybe some hair shedding or maybe some rashes or fatigue, not feeling rested when you wake up in the morning or through the afternoon. And so these things, you know, you go to your doctor, you tell them about that. They're like, oh, you're getting older. You know, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. But really, you could be developing an autoimmune disease. And when I really Really look back and I look back at some of the issues that I had stemming all the way from my teenage years um, like I didn't menstruate until I was 16 I think that that's a really big red flag but when I went into my pedi pediatrician my mom took me um, he said you know if she's 16 and it hasn't happened yet that's a problem well you know and I got it the day I was 16 and no one ever looked into it <clears throat> and one of the, the hallmark symptoms of Hashimoto's is hormonal imbalance. We know that, you know, it definitely can affect there. So 
I think the biggest problem is that some of these early symptoms are really not something that's on the radar of the medical profession because they really need to wait until you're very, very sick before they can make a diagnosis because then it's staring them in the face. Then it's obvious. But often at that point, it's too late. The only treatment are medications that have horrible side effects. Um, You know, there's less chance that you're able to reverse your illness. And so we really want to catch people before they get that point. And that's where, you know, prevention is just so valuable. And really the public being more aware of this and being able to recognize some of those symptoms in themselves and also making some of the diet and lifestyle changes that when you're healthy and your life doesn't depend on it, um, it's a lot easier to be flexible and make those changes. But when you're severely sick, um, it's a lot to kind of dig yourself out from that place. So that's definitely our goal. And it's, it's shocking when I was looking at some information today on autoimmunity and of the top 10 medications, the top 10 that are prescribed in the United States, half of them are for autoimmune disease. So it's obviously this huge, huge growing problem. And they just mask symptoms. So there's no cure. There's no drug that, you know, just makes your autoimmune symptoms go away. Many of them are meant like steroids um, or immune suppressants. They're meant to mess with the body's way of dealing with inflammation or dealing with the autoimmune attack. But they they offset other things. So they cause a lot of side effects. Some of them are that are as bad as, you know, getting a chronic infection or even cancer. Um, and they just, you have to keep taking it for the rest of your life and, and your disease usually progress. That's the the prognosis, even with the medications, is that it's expected that you'll get worse um, and that you'll just be taking a different cocktail or more drugs as you get older. So um, really, people need to know that there is something that they can do. And if they catch it soon, you know, when they're, you know, hopefully not in a disease state that's so far gone that they can't really reverse that. um, I think that there's a lot of power in that. And are patients with autoimmune disease usually told that there's no cure? Yeah, yeah, usually. Um, I, I, I don't know, Mickey, if you've ever had any different experience or had any clients or anything that have had a different experience, but I, I've never been told that there's a cure. Um, and I've never been, I've never had an experience with any of my clients where they've been told there's a cure. You, you're usually told, you know, um, here's, you know, here's a pill and you're probably going to continue to feel worse. Yeah. I think the only mention of cure I ever hear is like snake oil salesmen, you know, people online that say they found a cure for rheumatoid arthritis do this program. Um, you know, if you see that in the marketing, it's usually just a a tactic to try to get people to tune in. Um, because you know, the autoimmune disease is a dysfunction of the immune system. It's not a disease in, in the sense that a lot of other diseases are able to be reversed and cured. And, you know, even Angie and I, where we feel like we are at our best health, we are vibrantly healthy and we've overcome a lot of our challenges. I wouldn't even use that word to describe the physical state that I'm in, you know, cause I feel like it gives people false hope. Um, you know, it's not, I don't think a depressing reality. I think it's, uh, it's really, it's exciting to know that, you know, you can change your, the outcome of your life. You know, at one point I thought I was dying and that I would be bedridden for the rest of my life to be able to do what I do now and, you know, have energy and feel healthy is great. But I think that being realistic um, with all that is really just very important for the community, both the medical community, both the patients, you know, everyone needs to be on the same page about that. Yeah. And and so what are, do you factor in toxicity at all 
to the development of autoimmune disease? Yeah, definitely. You know, there's um, obviously your genetics are at play, but that's actually uh, a relatively small portion of your risk for developing autoimmune disease. You know, the environmental inputs are a big, a big factor, uh, whether that's, you know, from the diet you're eating or the chemicals you're exposed to and at your workplace or the chemicals you're exposed to putting them on your body, the things you're cleaning your home with, you know, the things that are in our air. And it's easy to maybe go a little bit nuts and, you know, try to have a bubble life maybe. Um, but it's, it's everywhere in our modern world. It's not avoidable. So you just have to work on the things that are within your control to reduce your toxic load and support your body to be able to do its detoxifying processes and, and try, you know, try to reduce it as much as you can there. Yeah, I have a client that was diagnosed with a sarcoidosis where she gets, you know, welts on her skin and, and things like that, cysts and things like that. And come to find out her building has beryllium and other metals. It's an old building and it comes with events. And there's numerous other cases of the exact same autoimmune disease in this small community of people that work in this building. And uh, really, really sad. And I, I, you know, deal with a lot of clients with autoimmune disease and look at their metal toxicities. And it's just fascinating the, the toxicities that are an underlying cause of autoimmune disease. Um, but let's talk about your new book. Um, tell us about uh, what it's about and why you guys decided to write it. Yeah, so the, the new book is called The Autoimmune Wellness Handbook, and it's meant uh, to just be a, a guide from start to finish for anyone that's diagnosed with autoimmune disease, a really safe, approachable starting place. So it's a book that has a lot of information, but that information is meant to be organized in a way that is not super overwhelming and very actionable. So um, we organized it in seven verbs, um, seven chapters, and all of the verbs represent action that everyone can take um, to achieve wellness with autoimmune disease. So um, they are inform, collaborate, nourish, rest, breathe, move, and connect. And, uh, you know, they don't have to be taken in order. You know, Angie and I, our journeys, you know, when you look at the book, it, it we think it makes beautiful sense to kind of go from start to finish. But, you know, our journeys were very disorganized. They had lots of ups and downs. Healing is definitely not always linear. But we've organized it in a way that, you know, if you kind of start with informing yourself and connecting with those really good practitioners, then you move on to the most important diet and lifestyle piece. So diet, uh, nutrient density, kind of nourishing your body. And then you kind of weave in kind of working on the sleep, getting good mood movement, managing your stress, and then a really often uh, overlooked component is connection. Um, you can just kind of put that all together because it's not just about food. Yeah. Yeah. And so can you talk more about your step in form? Yeah. So the step in form is basically, you know, uh, either this is for people who maybe don't have a diagnosis yet or possibly do. Um, either either side can be working on this step. Um, it's, you know, working to inform yourself about your diagnosis if you do have it, learning everything you can about your disease, um, including the prognosis, the common treatments for that disease, what you know, the, the success rates or failure rates of that common treatment, the alternative treatments available for that disease. Um, and autoimmune disease in general, you know, understanding what exactly autoimmune disease is 
with all the the goal of that basically being that the next time you meet with your doctor, you are as informed, if not more informed than he or she is so that you can really advocate for yourself. Unfortunately, um, autoimmune disease patients have a lot on their shoulders to try to guide their care. Um, And being a well-informed patient helps you be an empowered patient. Yeah, because I think, you know, in my philosophy that you're the only person that's really going to care about your own right. health. You know, you have to take responsibility. And I, a lot of physicians, maybe your physician you're going to, may not know a lot about autoimmune disease or how to heal it naturally. And you really have to take your, your power back and not leave it up to someone else. Even though they went to medical school and seem like they know a lot, you know, there's a lot that they don't know. Doctors don't know everything. Yeah, you know, Mickey and I are kind of um, with that step, really, and also with our second step, Collaborate, really um, advocating for a lot of personal responsibility on the side of the patient. And I know when you're kind of at your sickest and quite debilitated with autoimmune disease, that might feel really overwhelming and also maybe unfair. But there's a lot of power in personal responsibility and taking it upon yourself to learn all of that um, is going to make the most of your healthcare experience. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's sad if you go to a physician and they say, oh, there's no cure and you're just going to take a medicine and, and it's going to progress and get worse. Because if you believe that, that's true. And if you don't believe that and you believe you have that you have the power to take your health back, that's also true. You know, and so you really, your mindset, I think, is really, really important. And so what dietary approach do you advocate for those with autoimmune disease? So what we've outlined in the book is kind of a hierarchy of diets. We realize that everyone has a different starting place, um, both nutritionally, kind of where they're at with what they're eating, um, their background, their autoimmune disease. And so for some people, you know, gluten-free is the minimum that we recommend. For someone who's on like a standard American diet and really doesn't have a lot of skills in the kitchen, doesn't really have a lot of understanding about what's in their food. Maybe they eat a lot of junk food or fast food and they don't cook for themselves they have a big family, going gluten-free might be a pretty steep learning curve for them. So that's one thing about our book is we really accept that everyone comes from a unique starting place and we meet them there. So, you know, starting from gluten-free, you know, that's our minimum. And then we we move down the line to gluten-free, dairy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, a paleo diet, and then the autoimmune protocol. And so, you know, if you go gluten-free, dairy-free, and you feel amazing and all your symptoms go away, great. You're one of the lucky ones, you yeah, know, stop there. <laughs> I know many people, um, that have had that experience. I have a couple friends, actually one of my best friends when I was suffering from Hashimoto's, I just got my diagnosis. She was the same age. She got the same diagnosis. And I told her, you need to do this elimination diet. And I think I really freaked her out because she went gluten-free and all her symptoms went away. And I remember feeling really jealous and upset that I had to do this crazy elimination diet, but you know, we're all on our own journey. And that's really, um, a moment that really had me learn that concept. So, you know, the autoimmune protocol is the strictest approach. And for anyone who's very sick or very motivated to get to the root of their food-driven symptoms, that's the best place to start. And, And so are there any other lifestyle approaches that people can hone in on when learning how to manage their autoimmune disease? Yeah, you know, once you've kind of got that base, uh, that base foundational step of, of learning to nourish yourself in a new way, you know, you can move on to, to kind of focusing in on some of the other lifestyle factors. Um, you know, that's 
sleep, really dialing in your sleep and making sure that you're getting the most out of rest. Um, that's the part of our, our cycle, our daily cycle where our bodies repair themselves. And obviously, if you're trying to recover from autoimmune disease and maximize your wellness, you need to take big advantage of sleeping. Um, all the best food of the world won't be good if you're not getting good sleep. Um, then there's stress management, um, learning to kind of you know, we, you, you were asking about toxicity earlier. The stress management piece is kind of like that. It's really ubiquitous in our culture, and it, there's it's probably not going away. Um, you can't live in a bubble protected from it, unfortunately. Um, so learning to manage it in the best way possible so that you maximize your wellness uh, is really important. Um, next is uh, getting the right kind of movement, getting in an exercise routine that keeps your fitness at a good level, um, which can be a really fine balance for people with autoimmune disease. Uh, doing too much activity can be just as bad as doing too little for those with autoimmune disease. So finding that right kind of center is an um, important lifestyle aspect to dial in. And then, like Mickey was saying, our final um you know, lifestyle factor to consider is connection, kind of working on your relationships, your support network, and also your connection with nature. Um, you know, Mickey did a lot of research for that section of the book about, uh, you know, connection with nature, and it has a huge impact on our immune system. And obviously, for those of us with autoimmune disease, we want to modulate that to, uh, you know, a less overdrive place. So yeah, and so so how can people avoid overwhelm when setting out to make these big changes? Because I know when a lot of people may not have their health on their radar at all, and then when they get a diagnosis, like, oh my gosh, that now they have this whole like the seemingly overwhelming amount of information and have to change their entire lifestyle and diet and et cetera. So how do you help people avoid those feelings of being overwhelmed? Yeah. So specifically in our book, you know, Angie and I had the personal experience of being extremely overwhelmed ourselves <laughs> in our journey. And so we really spent a lot of time refining our approach and trying to make it really simple and approachable for people. But one of the things that we did is add a lot of self-assessments and checklists and different things to help people personalize and figure out where their trouble spots are. So of course, if you go in saying, okay, I have to learn everything I need to know about my autoimmune disease. I have to find the best doctor in the world. I have to do the elimination diet. I have to all of a sudden fix all my sleep, my stress management, my movement problems, and find time to just like hang out in nature and build this great support system. They might be like, my brain is exploding. I'm done. <laughs> um, and so the way that we've organized it, you know, in the beginning of the book, the inform and collaborate steps are absolutely essential. And after those two chapters, we have um, like a prioritizing action infographic. So people can go through, you know, do I have a diagnosis? Do I have a doctor? Are they someone who's willing and collaborative and kind of check all those things off. And if they get to the bottom and they have kind of that inform collaborate steps in place, they can then move on to the diet, the lifestyle, those chapters. And each of those chapters have assessments that help figure out which area is of highest priority. So for some people that might be the diet, which is, you know, what people usually go gravitate for uh, towards first. But, you know, it could be connection. You know, it could be more of, uh, you know, the movement. Maybe someone is doing CrossFit five days a week and that's why their body is unable to heal. Um, so really pinpointing that area and getting them started and then letting all of the other things fall into place, not doing everything at once. And what are some of your recommendations for connecting with other people that have autoimmune disease where they can get help and tips and connection with other people? 
Yeah, so um, this is a big part of our mission at Autoimmune Paleo. Um, our, our tagline is building community and seeking wellness. Um, so this is a big focus of our work personally. Um, you know, I would suggest that they start by looking online for some connections, but then branching out into real life uh, networks. So, you know, for instance, on our site, there's a community update every month that includes links to uh, Facebook groups all over the country and the world um, that are focused specifically on the autoimmune protocol and, and learning to live well despite having an autoimmune disease. And those groups are then meeting up in real life in those places. So for instance, I live in the DC area and we have a mid-Atlantic group. Um, and, you know, a couple times a year we get together and we spend time, um, you know, enjoying food together and socializing and venting, obviously. But also it's a great chance to meet people that you can celebrate your wins with and who really get it, who really understand from this really basic level what you're going through with autoimmune disease. It's also a really great place to share information um, because it can be so hard to get plugged into healthcare providers that um, are really understand autoimmune disease and are doing a great job with it um, or you know, food sourcing for uh, things like that or finding partners to enact some of the lifestyle recommendations. You know, this is a a really good place to find all of that and they're literally all over the world I think just today on our Facebook page I saw somebody saying that they just started a group in Turkey so <laughs> great yeah and so I was reading the other day that there's some new research out about celiac disease and how researchers found that it was caused by a fungus um, I'm sure some, some people don't have that as a cause but what are your thoughts on that yeah, so one of the, uh, you know, the underlying factors in autoimmune disease is dysbiosis, and so that balance of flora in our gut. So I'm not surprised that, you know, we will be finding out more about that impact on the different quantities of flora. And I think the temptation is to say, oh, it's this fungus or this bacteria. Um, you know, they have linked some specific autoimmune diseases to specific pathogens. But I think the general rule that if, if something is imbalanced in there, if something is off, there is a higher chance that you're going to be developing an autoimmune disease. So the way that you can combat that is just to make sure that you get lots of great beneficial bacteria, lots of probiotics, eat your vegetables. You know, those prebiotic foods are really great for kind of feeding all of that good stuff. And if you've got maybe something going on in your gut, you know that you're getting bloated or you have some symptoms of dysbiosis, some uh, bowel issues or, um, you know, constipation or uh, burping, gas, that kind of stuff, get checked out by a functional medicine practitioner who can do a test and figure out exactly what's going on in there and treat it. Um, because that is a root underlying issue that a lot of people feel better when they kind of figure out what's going on. No, I'm sorry. I think the research that said that Crohn's, they found that Crohn's had an underlying fungus. So I was incorrect on that. Sorry. Um, so I have a question I like to ask all of my guests. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Definitely autoimmune disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, Mickey and I were going to say that, but you know, it, it's true. Um, there's an estimate um, by the AARD, which is an autoimmune advocacy organization that there are like 50 to 55 million people with autoimmune disease. 75% um, of those people are women. Um, it's really disproportionately affects the female population. Um, and it's growing. 
you know, these diagnoses are, are occurring more and more. It's a much bigger diagnosis than, for instance, cancer. Many, many more, many, many times more people are affected by autoimmune disease. And that's Five not times. to, yeah, that's not to, uh, you know, downplay the seriousness of a cancer diagnosis at all, but just that this is really an epidemic in our society and it, it needs attention. I think uh, those of us with autoimmune disease are basically canaries in a coal mine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've read that it's the fastest growing subset of diseases in the world, and that there are more and more and more cases of it. And it's just, and it's it's sad, but it, it can go into remission, like you and Mickey are both shining examples of that, that you can take back control, and you can regain your health and get it into remission, so to speak. Yeah, you know, you know, remission is a big word. I think a lot of people really attach kind of like it's it's almost getting in cure territory. So I don't usually say that. I, you know, like I personally have really low antibodies for my Hashimoto's, but, you know, you can live well with autoimmune disease. And that's really what we're all working with some sort of predisposition towards ill health. So for some people, it might be autoimmune disease. For some people, it might be cancer. Um, you know, other people, it might be heart disease or diabetes or something. But, you know, living in this toxic world, uh, we're all going to be faced with something at some time or another. And it's, you know, not a death sentence to be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, but it is, uh, it does mean that we need to take care of our health, maybe more vigilantly at a younger age than other people do. Um, but it totally is possible to live well with it. And can you guys tell the listeners more about, uh, the two, the book that you have your older book that was, published a couple years ago. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, so Angie and I both have self-published cookbooks. So the Autoimmune Wellness Handbook, this new book, is more of an overall picture, but it does have some recipes, a meal plan, and a lifestyle guide in it. So there are AIP, which is Autoimmune Protocol Compliant Recipes. But if you guys are interested in more recipes, um, I'm the author of the Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook, which has 120 AIP recipes. Angie is author of the Alternative Autoimmune Cookbook, which incorporates AIP recipes for the elimination diet and for the reintroduction protocol. And so both of the those are available on Amazon and through our website as ebooks. Um, they're great resources for people that are looking for more recipes in addition to what we offer in our new book and on our website. Yeah, can you go into detail a little bit more about the autoimmune diet and what kinds of the, the foods that people should typically be eliminating when they're attempting an elimination diet? Yeah, so we eliminate all grains, including the gluten grains, wheat, barley, and rye. We eliminate all legumes, uh, all dairy, eggs, nuts and seeds, which does include coffee and chocolate, and nightshade vegetables. So for folks that are unfamiliar, that's like uh, tomatoes, eggplants, white potatoes, bell peppers, and the hot peppers. So this seems like a, a lot of food and really overwhelming. We understand that and that folks feel that way, but um, it's actually really manageable. And what you're left with is basically the cream of the crop in terms of nutrient-dense healthy foods to eat. Um, you know, we focus on a lot of vegetables. Um, probably for most of us, that's a daily intake anywhere between 9 and 12 cups a day of vegetables. Uh, more vegetables than a vegetarian, <laughs> we like to say. Um, 
uh, obviously lots of proteins and we focus on really high quality proteins. So it's not just only eating meat. Um, you know, the meat isn't like covering your whole plate, some kind of gigantic steak or something, but you know, really high quality meat, um, high quality fats, fermented foods, broth. Um, yeah, those are, those are kind of the staples of the healing approach there. Okay, great. And wanting to the listeners a little bit more about you and where they can find you guys. Yeah, so we are online at autoimmune-paleo.com is kind of our homepage. And if you guys are looking for recipes, articles, we have a bunch of great contributors. Um, we write about the autoimmune protocol and living well with autoimmune disease. So basically what we've been talking about here today. Uh, we also offer a lot of free resources through our website. So if you sign up for our newsletter, we have lists of food to eat and avoid on the autoimmune protocol. We have meal plans, mindset videos, batch cooking videos, that kind of thing. Um, we're also also connected to all the social media channels. We're very active on Instagram at autoimmune paleo, Facebook at autoimmune paleo. Um, and we actually have a podcast now, um, the autoimmune wellness podcast. So people can connect with us that way too. It's been super fun to, uh, launch that project out into the world. Yeah. And can you, do you guys want to just add anything else that you think is relevant to our discussion about autoimmune disease? I mean, I think that we would just, uh, you know, kind of reiterate some of what we said earlier that um, it is possible to live well with autoimmune disease, you know, even if the disease is not cured, you know, you magically go into remission, whatever, you can live a really excellent life with good health, despite an autoimmune diagnosis. Um, and even though it might seem like a huge undertaking to kind of restore your health, um, obviously, the benefits are well worth it. It's very empowering. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I would add to, you know, part of this process is accepting that you are doing something for yourself and that you need to um, sometimes take a step back and be gentle on yourself. I know a lot of us really want to change everything and do everything and, and be perfectly compliant, but really perfection doesn't have any role in this. There's a lot of boxes to check and a lot of possibilities to do, but really just take your time, take it slow. If you have a setback or a frustrating moment, you know, don't throw a, throw in the towel and quit. Just, um, you know, take a moment to reevaluate and, and reexamine that mindset. Uh, like Wendy, you were talking about earlier, just kind of access that place of why you're doing what you're doing and being open-minded to discovering things about yourself and your body and, uh, trying to be empowered by that new discovery. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, once you get that diagnosis, you have to, you know, get into high gear about actually addressing your health that you may have been ignoring before or unaware of or just wasn't on your radar. And this is what you'd have to be doing anyways to take care of your health, eating a right. healthy diet and t nine to 12 cups of vegetables a day. This is stuff you're, you have to do anyways if you want to be a healthy person and live a long disease-free life and have energy and have a, a normal life. Right. I mean, our handbook is directed at folks with autoimmune disease or who are experiencing chronic illness. But the truth is, is that these are the like basic foundational things that everyone should do to, to maintain their health and live long, happy lives. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. You know, autoimmune disease is on the rise and 
um, you know, even if someone doesn't have an autoimmune disease, listening to this will help them kind of get an education if in the future they ever do, uh, you know, God forbid, get that diagnosis and so they can just hit the ground running. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for Thanks. having us, Wendy. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Wendy Myers. You can find me at live2110.com. You can check out my healing and detox program, mineralpower.com, where I help to detox your body from metals and toxic chemicals. They're the underlying root cause of so many diseases and health conditions today. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.